Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. My Live Like Jesus, Share His Love and the Live Love series goes something like this. Here's my framed-in definition. Live love means that in everyday situations, would you all say one more time, every day? So what we're after is living like Jesus every day. You make a purposeful decision to live like Jesus. Share his love. With grace, hopefully grace-filled actions that engage people in need. Matthew 9.35, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Matthew 9.35 through 38. That's our verse and verses that we're building upon with our Live Love series. These are some very familiar verses in the scriptures that most people would have heard at some point. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Then Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages, that is, everywhere he went. He taught in their meeting places, and he reported kingdom news, which you and I can do very easily. Testimony. Report what God is doing. Healed their diseased bodies. That separates a few folks right there. Healed their bruised and hurt lives. How many of you on any of the campuses right now have ever received a physical healing? How many of you have ever received a mental, emotional, inner healing. Jesus went around healing diseased bodies, for sure. But he also healed bruised and hurt lives. A bruised life is a person who's experienced things that have caused them to guard their bruise or shun activity because they've been pounded on, abused, hurt, bruised. You know, if you punch somebody too hard, leave the bruise. If someone sees the bruise, say, wow, you okay? Same with the soul. Your soul gets punched with life, with discouragement, with stuff. Jesus saw these people, said he healed their bruised and hurt lives. Verse 36, when he looked out over the crowds, His heart broke. Why? Because he could see what was in the life. He never just saw the person as they appeared. He saw the person in their journey. He saw not just the physical. He saw inside. He saw the hurt. He saw the brokenness. He could feel the journey they're on. And as he looked around the crowd, again, if you could do that, your heart would break too. Every time you stand at the bus stop or get on the train or go to school or go to work or wherever you are, if you knew every story, your heart would break because people are not what they appear to be. People hide their bruises. They hide their hurts. They don't want to expose those sides of their life. And even if they did, they're not sure somebody could help them or would even care to help them. Jesus' heart broke when he looked at the people. Why? It says here, so confused and aimless. Does that not define a generation we live in? So confused and aimless. 
like sheep, but no shepherd. Just nowhere to go. Don't know if they should lay down, find water, where to get food, fall off a cliff. The wolf is coming. What do you do? They're sheep. They're defenseless, but they have no shepherd. Then Jesus says, what a huge harvest. Those people are the harvest. Those people are the harvests. He said to his disciples, would you all say the word disciple? Remember this verse is not written to pastors, full-time ministry, titled professionals. Not written to missionaries. Although it's the greatest missionary passage that you will hear preached at missions conferences all over the world is Matthew 9, 35 to 38. But Jesus is not talking to missionaries. He's not talking to seminarians. He's not talking to doctors and professors. He's not talking to professional ministries. He's talking to disciples. He's talking to normal blue-collar people that are following him. He said, do you see this? What we do? What a huge harvest. But you know, they're like sheep. There's no one to shepherd them. How few workers, those that work in the context of life, on your knees, he says, on your knees, and pray for harvest hands. Four things in the scripture I'm pointing out, what I call the live love mandate. One, share the gospel. Two, pray for miracles. Three, shepherd people. Four, pray for more workers, more people in the life context that will reach out and touch people. So share the gospel. Got to know what the gospel is. That's why we've been handing out tracts to you. I preached on the gospel. I tried to get you to understand the gospel. I even had you in that particular service share the gospel with someone in that service to practice so that you would know what's the content of the gospel. When you share the gospel, what do you say to someone? What is the gospel? Because they need to understand the gospel to respond to the gospel, and the gospel has a biblical content to it. What about praying for miracles? Jesus says, wherever you go, whoever you meet, I want you to have faith to pray for spirit, soul, and body. I want you to have faith to move in the realm of miracles, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of faith, the gift of word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. I want you to move out. I want you to get out of the boat. You weren't born to be in the boat. You were born to walk in the water. You got to get out of the boat. You can't talk about the water. If you're always in the boat, you got to get out of the boat. You got to move in faith and you got to pray with people believing that God can actually work a miracle in a person's life. Well, that separates a lot of us right there. But you've got to move into this path to understand he's talking to every one of us. Pray, believe for miracles. Then he says, shepherd the people. Shepherd the people. Then he says, pray for more workers. But we're on number three. Shepherd the people. Would you say the word shepherd? Shepherd. Come on out loud. Say it three times. Most of the time. We use the word in context of Bible scholars or Bible teachers or pastors or shepherds who are responsible for churches, households. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying the harvest of hurt, wounded, and bruised people is huge. And they are everywhere in every town, every village, every street. They're all over. 
What you need to pray is that we would find people who would have a shepherd's heart, who would move into the realm of people's needs and share Jesus with them as Jesus is a shepherd. So now you are a shepherd. Let me talk with you straight on about shepherds. I want you to believe that you can shepherd people. You need to be shepherded, of course. But all that are being shepherded need also to shepherd. All that are being discipled need also to disciple. All that have been healed need also to give healing. What you have freely received, the Bible says, so you should freely give. So if you receive Christ, give Christ. Receive healing, give healing. Receive shepherding, give shepherding. Receive discipling, give discipling. As you have freely received. Every one of us have freely received a lot of grace from Jesus. A lot of encouragement from people. We've had people pray for us and counsel us and visit us and write us and, and confront us when need be or restore us or go find us. And we've had people reach out to our life and pour into us in mighty ways. We've had leaders and pastors and mentors and all kinds of people that would pour into our lives. Jesus turns right around and says, by the way, would you shepherd someone? Let me ask you a question. Are you shepherding? Anybody right now? Is there anybody in your life that you have taken this word shepherd, which is the word nurture, care, concern, love? Same family of words. Let's take it out of the word shepherd for a moment and just write down the word concern for others, care for others, nurture others, love others, reach others. Notice the whole idea of shepherding is others. Philippians 2 verse 20. Philippians 2 and verse 20. I want you to go there because we have people in need. Now, here's the needs that you will find as you go to share the gospel. I have two slides that need to go up before I go to Philippians 2 so you can follow my train of thought. First of all, shepherding people means what to you and, to you and I? This is what it means. People matter to Jesus. Well, of course they do. People matter to us. They should. Why? Because we're Jesus' followers. We love, give grace, serve, help. Supposed to. Any way we can. We are all to shepherd just like Jesus. But you can't give what you don't have. You can't pass grace onto a person if you have no margin. You can't really take responsibility if you don't think you should take responsibility. You, you won't reach and touch a life if that life means nothing to you or you just ignore that life because you have your own problems. You won't shepherd. So I'm saying to you, stop for a moment and listen to what the Bible says about you, the shepherd. There's people in need. We could add the list and write 20 things down. Spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, social, relational are just categories. But probably right now, listening to my voice on all the campuses, there are people that have spiritual needs, physical needs, emotional needs, mental, social, relational. We could keep going to the financial and we could go to all kinds of areas where people have needs. When Jesus walked into a room, he saw the need. When Jesus stepped onto the dusty road, he could feel the virtue move from him to the need. 
When Jesus was walking somewhere, he would stop and meet a need on his way to meet a need. Zacchaeus, you come down, I'm going to your house. But before I get there, I'm going to heal this man's daughter. And so Jesus, even though he was focused on what he was assigned to do that day in the kingdom of God, wherever he went, if a need came his way, he would minister grace to that need because he's a shepherd. A shepherd is not a shepherd just in a pulpit or just at a Bible study or just when you lead a small group. A shepherd is a shepherd in life. You feel it wherever you go. You cannot not feel the heartbeat of the broken, the wounded, the scattered, the need. Where you shed a tear, where you, where you enter into their world. That's a shepherd. Jesus wants you to live like him, which means John 10, 11 says he's the great shepherd. Isaiah 40 says that he will gather the lambs in his arms and he will feed his flock in the valley on every hill because he's a shepherd. He knows how to care and feed and protect and he will drive the wolf away from his sheep. Live like Jesus. Share his love. You're a shepherd. And as a shepherd, Philippians 2 verse 20 would be your scripture. This scripture is written from Paul to Timothy. And I want you just to note the scripture and hopefully you will put your initials right next to Philippians 2 verse 20 and you'll remember this message as a commissioning and a call for you to arise and be a shepherd. Philippians 2 20. And 21. I'm going to read it in several translations. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care, same word family, as pastor, nurture, care, love, reach, protect, guard, guide, feed. I have no one who really cares about you. All the others are concerned only with their own lives, not the cause of Christ. He is loyal and genuinely concerned for you. Most people around here are looking out for themselves with little concern for the things of Jesus. But you know yourself that Timothy is the real thing. He's looking out for others. For there is no one like him who will readily demonstrate his deep concern for you. Others are too busy with their own stuff, their own concerns. I have no one like Timothy. Yes, he truly cares for you. Other people are interested only in their own lives, not in the work of others. But this man, this man, he thinks just like me. And remember, the apostle Paul He's one of the greatest men outside of Jesus Christ in all of history. He's a man that was so broken and so right with God and so much of a kingdom extender that really the whole New Testament, 14 epistles, are built upon the life of Paul. He is a cut above. He's a gem in the kingdom of God. This man is unbelievably awesome in every way. He gave his life as a martyr. He gave his life to the church. He didn't even live to see 62 years of age. He was a man that gave his whole life to the message of the gospel. Shipwrecked, beaten, in prison, 
ridiculed. All Asia had turned against me, Paul writes. This is a man that experienced it all. For him to say, for him to say, oh, by the way, there's no one that feels for you like I feel except Timothy. This young guy is the epitome of my heartbeat. He loves and feels for you the same way I do. Boy, they knew what that meant. There was no second guessing that. There was no looking it up and saying, I wonder what Paul means by that. They knew exactly what he meant, especially the Philippians. Given his life, his all, on the altar, poured out like a drink offering. It says, now Timothy has a quality. I'm asking you about the quality. It's called the other's quality. It's called seeing and feeling the hurt of another while you're still hurting yourself. It means that you so love people, you notice what has to be done. And you do it. The problem with our church and most churches is that a lot of people would just say, well, I'm not a shepherd. But you are. Well, you know, I've never been trained. You don't have to. You just got to be like Jesus. You know, I don't have the skills. It's not a skill thing I'm talking about. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you love. It's a heart thing. It's a care thing. It's a it's an anointing, a spirit of Jesus in the life of a person that makes a difference in the life of another person. Smallest things. A little boy in a hospital bed dying of leukemia where they have just told him and explained to him the disease. Nine years old. The mother sends flowers to her own son with a note, scripture, to try to encourage this nine-year-old. But when the flower person downstairs got the note and was putting together the floral arrangement to send to the boy, a 17-year-old girl stopped. She got out a card, and she wrote a card herself to the little nine-year-old boy. When the boy got the flowers, he got the card from his mom, but there was a second card from a girl he had never met. The girl's 17 years old. She said to the little boy, you don't know me, and I hope you don't mind me doing this. But when I was seven, I had leukemia. I was in the hospitals. I went through the treatments. I lost all my hair. I went through all the discouragements and the fears and the big words with the doctors. And she wrote out this card that she had gone through. She says, I just want you to know you're not alone. I understand where you are. And I just want you to know you can have hope. Because I remember I didn't have a lot of hope. But I got through it. I just want to give you hope. I got through this and you can get through this. That card did more for that little boy than the billion-dollar hospital. They could not get him to cheer up at all. They could not get the fear out of his heart. He, even his own mother. But one card from a little girl who said, you know what? I can shepherd this boy. 
and I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out and I'm going to pour into his life because I am a carer of souls. I'm a watcher over people's lives. And when I find a chance to speak a word of healing or hope or encouragement, I'm going to step out, even though it might be the smallest little thing. Change the life of that little boy. He showed that note to every doctor. Every nurse came into his room. Did you see this? Did you see this? They said, what's that? He would show them the note. I have hope. Well, they had told him all the hope he could have, but it took the person who had been through it to say, you've got hope. You're shepherds. I want you to say out loud, I am a shepherd. And when the church is filled with shepherds, stuff happens. Now, I'm going to show a little clip from a movie. I want you to understand my frame of reference and just think with me right now, just zero in as the movie is going to show this little clip about you really are a shepherd and you're important. Let's roll it. My Lord, my Lord. How are we to defend Jerusalem without knights? We have no knights. Truly. What is your condition? I'm servant to the Patriarch. Yeah, he's uh, one of my servants. Is he? You were born a servant. Neil. Every man at arms, or capable of bearing them. Neil! On your knees! Be without fear in the face of your enemies. Be brave and upright that God may love me. Speak the truth, even if it leads to your death. Safeguard the helpless. That is your oath. And that is so you remember it. Rise at night! A knight! Who do you think you are? You alter the world. Doesn't make it a man a knight, make him a better fighter. Yes. I'm serious. On your knees. How will the church be the church when every one of you become a shepherd? I commission you today on your knees to receive this charge in the name of Jesus. Even if you need shepherding, God still wants to use you in some capacity to show love and concern for someone else. There's always someone worse off than you. You might have to look for them, 
but they're there. I want you to bow your head. Now I want you to receive this on every campus as a charge from me as one of the shepherds to put onto you the nighting of or the commissioning of you being a shepherd. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm praying for a distinct anointing to come upon City Bible Church congregation. Lord, I'm praying today there would come an anointing to shepherd people. There would come a heart, an emotion, a mindset, eyes that see, ears that hear, feet that carry us to the need, hands that lay hands on people for prayer. Oh God, we pray that as you send us people, not one sheep will be lost. Not one person will fall through the cracks. Not one person will be shuffled here and there and not find the connecting point. Lord, we're praying today that there will come a powerful anointing of Jesus upon the individual. A powerful anointing of a shepherd's heart. Oh God, let us rid ourselves of selfishness. Lord, let us push out beyond the borders and see other people the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus. I believe and I pray. Let's all rise together. Everyone say out loud, I am a shepherd. Come on, I am a shepherd. I protect people. I help people. I love people. Today, I'm going to find someone to help and shepherd in Jesus' mighty name. Be seated. I hope you write these in your Bible. Next to Philippians 2, very quickly, I'm going to make some one-liners so that I can at least say to you in the next just couple minutes, as a shepherd, you the shepherd, number one, must first have a healthy soul. Look after your soul. Fill it with prayer and the word. Memorize scripture. If you have some sin problems, get rid of them. Get the grace of God. Get the blood of Jesus. Get some cleansing in your own heart. If you're in the pits, if you're in a destructive lifestyle, get rid of it. Find some victory in your own soul so that you can help someone else. Don't live where you are. Go higher in your soul. And fill it with some grace margin that you can share with other people. Number two, you the shepherd, search out the lost sheep. If you notice someone is wandering or lost or a prodigal or a person that's struggling with their faith, don't wait for them to get a counseling appointment with a, quote, pastor, a, quote, lay pastor. You go after them yourself. Get on the phone. Try your tools as a shepherd. Go after them with love and concern. Number three, you the shepherd, when you find people, minister grace to them. This is all taken from Ezekiel 34. You read it yourself when you get home. Ezekiel 34, your chapter for today is you find the lost sheep, you minister grace and help to the herding sheep. All kinds of people with all different kinds of hurt. Number three, you the shepherd, restore. Restore wandering sheep. Galatians 6 says, you that are spiritual, restore. The only qualification for restoring is that you have a spiritual capacity. 
and they have enough grace and forgiveness and get rid of the legalistic, judgmental spirit if there is one and try to restore people. Try to find out where they are and don't react to them, but try to restore them. Get involved with their life. Number five, you the shepherd, heal the broken. Heal the broken sheep. Heal the sick sheep. Go after a person if they're broken in their marriage or their finance or their mind or their emotions or there's something going on in their life. Try to shepherd them into wholeness. You, the shepherd, heal the broken, strengthen the sheep. Number six, you, the shepherd, should not be a hindrance to other sheep. Ezekiel 34 talks about these kind of people. Those sheep, it says in Ezekiel 34 and verse 17, it talks about those who uh, do harm to other sheep. Sheep who do harm to other sheep by muddying the water, by taking the food away from them, by doing things to them that make them weak. And so we are challenged as sheep not to carry offense, not to be a gossiper, not to be a bad model for people, not to have a weird attitude. We can affect other sheep. You may never be a leader in your mind of other people, but you affect people by your attitude, by your words, by what you do, by your flippant statement, by what happens in your life. You affect other people, especially the young of the flock, but it goes both ways. Seven, you, the shepherd, have sober awareness with the care of souls. It's possible an immaturity to hurt a person. Don't do it. Watch what you say. Be careful with people. Treat them with honor and respect. Number eight, view each person as valuable. Don't try to view a person according to the way they look, according to their status in life. You'll miss it. You'll miss the soul of a person if you don't value them as a person. You'll miss the soul of a person if you don't understand the soul is more important than status or the way they appear. Number nine, you the shepherd love ordinary people. Don't wait for just the crisis case. Love ordinary people. Love people that are around you that are the ordinary Joes, Johns, and Sallies of life, so to speak. They, they are ordinary people, but they still need to be loved and helped and have concern from a caring person. Ten, you the shepherd must have the essential quality of empathy. Empathy. Entering into the world of someone else to feel what they feel, exiting their world, and then giving them empathy. Empathy is the ability, the capacity to feel what someone else feels. And to have empathy is something every one of us can do. <clears throat> like the little boy <clears throat> who went next door. Mother was looking for him, couldn't find him. He was only five, six years old. The little boy came back. Mom says, where you been? He says, I've been next door with next door neighbor, so-and-so, grandpa. Well, why? What were you doing? Well, I was sitting on his lap on the front porch in the rocking chair. Why? The little boy says, I was helping him cry. He just lost his wife. He was sitting on the front porch crying. The little boy didn't say anything. He just crawled up into the old man's lap, started crying with him. He says, I just over helping him cry. Sometimes people just need someone to help them cry. You don't have to be deep. You don't have to have all kinds of counseling capacity to understand when someone's crying. Just cry with them. Empathy. Understand who they are. 11. You, the shepherd, 
become accessible and approachable to people. Send out the five. I'm accessible. I'm approachable. I will talk with you. I'd love to meet with you. I'm approachable. Let's get together. What's going on in your life? Let that vibe be how people see you instead of entering and exiting the sanctuaries as fast as you can to get to your car before someone says something. Stop and look around and let people know I'm acceptable. I'm approachable. What you doing today for dinner? Where are you guys going? Nowhere? Why don't you join us? We're just going out to eat or we're coming to my house. Hey, I'm approachable. I'm accessible. Why don't you guys join our world for a while? Twelve, you the shepherd have genuine honesty about yourself. When you don't have answers, things are out of reach for you, don't reach for them. Just say, I don't know the answer. But I can pray. I can love you and we'll get through this. We'll find some answers. Thirteen, you the shepherd Use wisdom when you speak with people. Situational wisdom means you don't say things that are too conclusive. You don't judge people too quickly. You don't come with a boatload of scriptures on their decision to prove them wrong. Use wisdom when you're talking with people. Give them room to find Christ's guidance. Give them room to adjust what they're doing. Don't come and speak out of term or out of order with people. Fourteen, you the shepherd view spiritual formation as ongoing. If you find someone that you should be shepherding and it's a uh, situation that's going to need time, buy into it. Take time with them. Might be a month, three months, six months. Take them on. Be their carer of their soul for a period of time, not just one meeting. Next, you the shepherd partner with the Holy Spirit. Or you see God in every setting. That's number 15. See God in every setting. 16 is partnering with the Holy Spirit. I'm running out of time. 17. Use all the tools you can. We can equip you. We can help you. But you, the shepherd, use all the tools available. A class, a book, go online. Get trained as much as you can. Talk to other people that have done this. Number 18. Connect people to the local church. Bring them in. Sit with them. Help them get planted. Brag on your church. Get them involved with the worship. Meet them at the front door. Go out to the parking lot. Walk them in. Call them before the church. Get them out of bed. Buy them breakfast. Get them to church. Can I hear an amen? Of course, to get them there, you have to be there yourself. Number 19. Last one. You, the shepherd. Help people find meaningful relationships. One of the things I do in my shepherding is I connect with people and then I pass them off because I can't relate to everybody. But on every campus, as I meet people, I connect them with someone else. If they're a young couple, I find another young couple. Hey, come over here. These are first time or second time. Why don't you guys connect and maybe... And right there, they'll start shaking hands and talking. Sometimes they go right from there and have a conversation and go out to eat. If they're a young single, if they're mid-aged, if they're a business person, I try to connect them to people that would know their world. Be a connecting rod. Think about it. Connect people. Bring people. Plant people. Love people. Live like Jesus. Shepherd like Jesus.